Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. For obvious reasons, we keep this place as gloomy as possible. Welcome to Mind Poppers Podcast. We are as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies. Once you get used to these grim surroundings, you'll never leave. Nobody ever does. We continue now with tonight's case, Conspiracy. Now, right now, listen. My friend had cancer. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean there does not a laughing matter at all. But it was just it's just starting the note on that episode. Or starting the episode on that note, should I say. Mm. But yeah, my friend <clears throat> had cancer. And he's all good now. He went through the chemotherapy and the radiation. And he came out the other side triumphant. Okay? So let's celebrate that. But him having cancer is integral to the story I'm about to tell, you know, in honour of 420. Okay, so me and this friend, we'll call him Joe, we worked in a bar. And at this time where the story takes place, Joe was either kind of in the middle middle ground of the treatment of cancer or kind of coming towards the end of his cancer treatment. But he was still sick. So we were working in the bar, like I said, and a couple of friends hit us up who also worked in that bar and was like, would you like to call up to our place for a couple of smokes, you know, after work to chill out or whatever. So me and Joe were all about it. We were all about it. We finished up work and click clacked on up to our friend's house. Everyone was congregated in, in, I guess, the shed. Now, I guess shed, not shed in terms of, like, your bog standard, like, you see the same, like, wooden shed that's just left fucking decrepit out the back of every Irish person's back garden. But more so, I guess this thing had more of a feel of it was sturdier. I guess it had, like, garage vibes, you know. It could have been cement, could have been metal, whatever. But, you know, there was a workbench inside and tools and what have you. And that's where everyone had gathered. I guess there was like four of us in total and we started smoking. So the guys, they lit up. They started two. So they had two joints on rotation. Now, for those of you who don't smoke, it just means that there's going to be four of us there. So at any one time, there's going to be two joints that are going to be passed around the circle or the square, whatever. Um, which is always like just a bad, bad thing thing for me when there's two joints on rotation in a small group because it really means that you're smoking a lot more you know than you would be you have two joints going right in rotation so by the time you pass your joint on you have another joint coming back into you just as fucking fast okay in the blink of an eye so you're going to getting super stoned and for me that is always a recipe for disaster so me and joe were smoking on with the lads and it was cool we were having a cool time it was chill um, however, you know, everything was fine. Everything was super pleasant until 
it wasn't, okay? So, we're all smoking, standing in this tool shed, whatever, still in our work uniforms. And suddenly, Joe's face goes, like, white. And now, this motherfucker is pasty to begin with, okay? Like, white. But he had gone a shade, or a paler shade of pale, a whiter shade of pale, um, whatever that Alanis Morissette song is. He was translucent. I looked over at him, okay, and he had a big bulbous head on him, like Casper, the friendly ghost. I was like, what is going on with him? All of a sudden, okay, he's like still standing with like slouches a little and starts like convulsing almost like someone having an epilepter do you know it was it was mad i've never seen anything like it before guess it was like someone having some sort of fit anyway but he was still standing and he was like i and i I did not know what was going on okay i did not want go know what was going on what was going through my head however and I guess the paranoia of smoking so much is added to this. But I, I, like, there was a couple of things going through my head. One, I was like, this bitch is about to die. Because I knew that Joe had cancer, okay? So I was like, oh my god. I was like, it's, I, it's the cancer. It's, it's doing something to him. And he's about to die. So that was the first thing going on in my head. And I was like, oh no, that is like, so lousy on Joe. That is just not a good thing. And to be honest, like, and I didn't obviously verbalize this, but I was like, Joe, you're kind of bringing down the vibe, man. (laughs) No, I was not thinking that for the most part. And then the second thing going through my head, because now at this stage, Joe had like collapsed onto the floor, okay? And was like still convulsing. I was freaking out, man. So... The second thing going through my head was like, okay, if it's not the cancer, then this weed, it's got to be laced with something. We're after picking up a bad bunch of fucking weed, all right? It's been laced with like heroin or crack or something bad that is like making this dude overdose, okay? I was thinking that Joe was either dying of cancer or overdosing at this point. And I mean, facts are facts that no one in recorded history has ever died of a marijuana overdose, you know? At all. Um, whereas, you know, if you're compared to alcohol, like, it's just, the numbers are just incredible with the amount of deaths related to alcohol, but yet marijuana is still illegal, and alcohol is perfectly legal, but we're not getting into that right now. So I was thought it, the, 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 le- the weed had been laced with, like, crack, and he was overdosing, or else he was, it was the cancer, okay? Neither, neither scenarios were particularly, you know, made, brought me any joy at all, quite the opposite. So everyone was like huddled around him because everyone is, again, was conscious of the fact that this kid had cancer, you know, that Joe had been sick. So everyone was like crowded around him, whatever. Well, I, I, uh, whatever happened to me, I don't know. But seeing all of this happening and me like running around the garage, be like, oh my God, you guys, the fucking, the fucking weed is laced with crack. The lead, the, the weed, lads, guys. It's laced with something. I just have a really bad feeling. Like, I'm just wait. And at that point, I was waiting for all of us to just start, like, collapsing. Like, kind of like this, like, cult suicide type thing. You know, where everyone drinks the Kool-Aid and then, like, they just start dropping, like, flies. That's what I was expecting to happen here. So, you can imagine that my agitation and my paranoia was at a 10. Like, an absolute 10. 
before I knew it, like, so whatever. The last thing I remember seeing was him on the floor convulsing. Then what happened to me was I obviously started to pull a whitey. So those of you who don't smoke a whitey, I mean, I guess technically it's like something when your blood sugar levels drop too low, which can happen from the THC, from the marijuana. So basically pulling a whitey is like you can faint or get sick or collapse or it's a lot of that kind of stuff, like nausea. Um, so I faint. I faint, okay, while Joe is like fucking convulsing around on the floor um and I just remember like I was heading back towards like I don't know if there was like a fucking lawnmower or just a bunch of shit in someone's shed anyway and I guess when I woke up okay I woke up in my friend's arms like proper like (laughs) you know like someone getting like (laughs) carried over the threshold or how you'd imagine like David Hasselhoff like carrying someone out of the ocean so I was like, God, what the fuck happened, man? And they were like, well, Joe was just fucking, was like pulling a whitey or whatever. And so we were all taking care of him. And then you dropped to the floor. And I was like, shit, really? And they were taking the piss out of me because it wasn't like I had just like smacked, collapsed onto the floor, like fainted, like Neville Longbottom or whatever. But mine was more of like a, oh. <laughs> That's how they described it. I was like, what do you mean I fainted? And they were like, you know the kind of faint where you go like, like you know back your hand on your forehead and you go backwards (laughs) luckily I did not smack off the floor I was caught like I said you know proper like hassle halfway um and the lads were like you really you know couldn't let Joe have his moment there and I was like what do you guys mean and they were like okay well half of us like when we saw Joe collapse went out to get him water and when we came back It was you passed out in Redacted's arms and Joe was sitting up on the bench like nothing had happened. (laughs) So I felt like their tone was quite pointed in that moment as if I had faked this scenario or whatever. And the fake rumours were quickly dismissed because I had started puking up very shortly after me fainting. Um... But I was like, what must you guys think of me that you think that I'm going to fucking fake passing out, fake fainting to take attention away from the dude suffering from cancer convulsing on the floor? I was like, you guys must think I'm pretty fucking cold to pull a stunt like that. (laughs) Regardless. Ain't no one, ain't no one talks about the time that Joe passed out anymore. Uh, uh, I took that light for myself. You know what, still to this day, Joe gets on my case about not letting him, not letting him have his moment, his moment. I'm sorry that you're so starved for attention, Joe, that you are going to begrudge me for also fainting that night. I'm sorry, no. It, it, it was a situation, you know, it was like drip or you drip or you drown, you know, and I dripped and he drowned. Um, I did not go into that evening intending to steal the spotlight with a far more dramatic fainting spell. But that is just the way it panned out. 
Now, I mean, look, the thing is as well, because obviously one of the side effects, if you take, you know, being high to a negative place or you're too high, you can get paranoid. We all know that. You know what, my friends used to be the fucking worst because remember one night we were going, we were smoking in this woods, okay? And mid-smoke, like we're all just sitting around like, I guess, on like on a log or whatever. And one of my friends starts saying that her mother's friend walks her dogs every night in this woods. And then when she was walking her dog one night that she heard like a rustling in the bushes or whatever. She thought nothing of it because it's like, you know, how many wild animals, you know, in the woods, whatever. But she said that she saw this animal come through a clearing, okay? So it was obviously big enough that she could kind of see the outline of it in the darkness, you know, between the moon and whatever. And she stood there looking at it. Um, And she didn't know exactly what animal it was. She thought it was a dog just because she could see, you know, it was seemed to be four-legged from her point of view so this woman walked a little closer and you know her eyes started to adjusting to the darkness and she could see quite clearly okay in the middle of the night out walking her dog because this lady lived near that woods that her when her eyes adjusted to the dark she could make out the this outline quite clearly and it was actually what appeared to be a man down on all fours walking through the woods or at least watching her while him walking on all fours okay now that is hearing that story still i don't like going back to the woods i'll only go back to that woods during the day now okay but because this bitch decides to tell that story where we're fucking sitting, bam smack in the middle of this woods, and this bitch's mother's friend had only encountered some sort of fucking four-legged dog person in this woods a couple of weeks previous, and you decide to tell me this story now? You decide to tell me this story now, when I'm fucking sitting on that log, smoking away like Fogahontas, and you know that I'm prone to paranoia, and you're going to tell me this story right now like who does that what kind of sycophant does that of course i was fucking i was freaked i was freaked off my fucking gee that any any rustle in the hedge any rustle in the bushes every fucking twig that snapped or leaf that fell off a tree i was convinced that there was some four-legged creeper in those trees amongst those bushels that was ready to snatch me off this log at any fucking second and have his way with me or whatever a four-legged dog person in the woods would do to a victim i'm not sure um but i knew that i didn't want any part of it at all at all i still could not believe that this bitch had decided to tell this story while we're sat bam smack in the middle of these fucking woods no one would want to leave with me no one would like walk back to the car with me and as if i i mean like hello i've seen too many horror films to be the first fucker that leaves the group because you know how it ends for them not well they either end up getting molested or decapitated or dragged by the ankles and never seen again and i was not going to be just another horror movie statistic 
So I had to like fight this overwhelming urge to just pass out and to faint, you know, and hopefully reawaken the car. But again, I was like, you cannot pull away in this situation, Adam. You cannot. Because there is some fucking lurker in these woods. You can't let your defenses drop like that. So every fibre of my being was focusing on not passing out in that moment. So I was just I had to like rearrange the seating arrangements on the log so that I was bang smack in the middle of them. And then they were like, why are you rearranging? And I was just like, I was pretending I was playing a game. I was not playing a game. I, this was totally strategic. And I put two of like my scrawnier friends on either side of the log. So that presuming that this fucking dog man, if he was to come and attack us, he'd, you know, go at the either end of the log to just snatch his next victim. So I put two scrawny people. I chummed the waters, basically. I fucking laid bait. I was like, right, if we are going to encounter this fucking creature tonight, then it's not going to be me that gets dragged away. It simply will not be me. Look, I'm here to tell the tale. Nobody ended up getting dragged away that night. Um, and I haven't heard any more stories since of this creature in the woods. And I've actually gone back there numerous, on numerous occasions to smoke. Um, but no, it actually would be worthwhile getting onto that friend and seeing if there was any more encounters of this creature in the woods. Because I would like to know that. I mean, I guess the point of that story was just to, you know, show you how you know, under the influence of marijuana, your brain just operates differently. It's easy to take things to a very paranoid and dark place. But, you know, in my defense, I think in saying that now and reflecting back on that story, I think I would have been equally as fucking freaked whether I was stone cold sober or not at the idea of this fucking creature lurking in the woods. That is just a fact. Now, one uh, listener of the podcast wrote to me and said that they had like a completely different experience while smoking, okay, this girl and her boyfriend, now husband, were working in Coachella, okay, amazing, I know, I'm not sure exactly what they were doing, she did not disclose, I'm guessing just some sort of behind the scenes uh, shit or whatever, so they came across this tent, um, and it was Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre's kind of tent, I guess, or, you know, at least their kind of quarters while they were hanging out at Coachella because it was the year that Snoop and Dr. Dre were headlining Coachella. So she walks in anyway, just just to have a look, a look-see about, you know, like how the other half lived their lives or whatever, um, presuming that she wasn't really going to run into anybody. Um, and who does she run into? Only fucking Snoop Double G, Snoop Doggy Dog himself. This girl met Snoop Dogg, all right, she did not meet Dr. Dre. Snoop Dogg then, you know, said that he loves people from Ireland and was like, whatever, had then lit up a blunt and smoked with this girl. I think Snoop Dogg, right, actually, just veering off, Snoop Dogg has his own person paid to roll his joints, okay? Apparently, this person is on, like, literally their job is to roll Snoop Dogg's weed. And apparently this person is on like 80 grand a year on Snoop Dogg's payroll, alright? Which is just some king shit. This girl got a blaze up with Snoop Dogg. um, And he gave her like a free signed t-shirt, you know, signed by him, signed by Dr. Dre, whatever. Okay, so it's just funny to me how some people in this world, some people have all the luck. And I truly believe that some of us were just made to live wretched lives. Because this girl, out of sheer just dumb luck, 
stumbles across Snoop Dogg and, you know, smokes a spliff with Snoop. You know, whereas there's me, of course, who never has any luck in the world and is smoking a spliff with Man Dog. You know, the person who is either going to rape or kill me or both. You just don't know. Um, So when I heard her story, I was like, you know, I was a little pissed off. I was like, okay, well, why couldn't that have been me? But alas, it's never me, is it? Um, You know, as well, something that I find myself while smoking is I kind of get maybe extra... What is the word? I guess self-conscious or conscious about things that if I perceive they're cringy, I'll just get I get rid of them. So for example, the other night I had started back, I had re-downloaded Tinder, which I had deleted. I got out of my life for about a week. Um, so I, de- I deleted Tinder, but I had re-downloaded it and I'd written a bio. And I usually never write a bio on the dating apps. I just never know what to say. I think it always just sounds shit. So, but this time I did because I had listened to some podcasts and someone had um, a matchmaker guest on and they said, you know, that a bio is an important part of online dating. So I went against my better judgment and I wrote a bio. Um, And then I got stoned that later on that night and I was on Tinder and I'd gone onto my own profile and I had read the bio and I was just like, ugh. Oh, like you make my skin crawl. And I can't even remember exactly what the bio said, but I know it started off with looking to meet some cool people during the apocalypse. <laughs> Which, I mean, doesn't sound that bad, like saying it out loud now. But it's just that, hey, I like looking to meet some cool people. Looking, <laughs> looking to meet some people to fucking rock on with. <laughs> Ooh, it just gave me... The creeps, and as well, like on my dating apps, I'm always like, lead with your favorite conspiracy theory. You know, I'm like, people just like, they just must think that I'm such a fucking, fucking freak. Like, looking for some cool people who are in a conspiracy theories and the US office, man. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> no wonder my dating life has been such a fucking train wreck as it has. But no, honestly, smoking weed for me, it sometimes just makes me paranoid in a whole different way. It makes me paranoid in like a introspective way, which definitely is is not good. But what I want to do is look quickly at some of the stories that you guys have sent in um, via the email, mindpopperspod at gmail.com and via our Instagram, mindpopperspod. So this one comes from our email. Hi, so I actually sent you a story on Instagram and it's kind of funny, but I remembered this story, which I think would be just a bit more up your alley. Right, so I was like 15 and doing my junior search and we finished our science exam. So it was like 11 a.m. So we said we'd have a smoke. At the time, by the way, I didn't have my first smoke until the week leading up to my leaving search of course of course that would be when I had my first smoke so we said we'd have a smoke at the time there was this old ass lady (laughs) who owned a huge hunk of land and down at the very bottom she had this abandoned barn so we used to smoke there but we were 15 bad but we were 15 okay 
So we said we'd stroll down there. It wasn't far from the school. And when we walked down, we crossed her we crossed her long driveway and just found her body lying on it. So we obviously all started freaking out. Okay, so you guys would go and smoke in this barn. And obviously this lady did not like it. You're on your way down to the barn from your fucking science exam to smoke weed in this chick's barn this old ass lady as you call her on the way down to the barn you find her sprawled out on the floor dead okay that's not good vibes um okay where were we okay yep and we walked down we crossed her long driveway and we just found her body lying on it so we obviously all started freaking out called the ambulance even though this bitch was dead as they get and while the girls dealt with this dead body the lads ran and stashed the smoke anyway ambulance came and guards and shit asking us questions said we should probably go to counseling and all the rest and then we decided to go elsewhere for a smoke Months went on and we kept going into her barn for smokes until we were all convinced she was haunting us and we stopped. She was definitely snapping because she always used to catch us there and then we continued vibing on in there. Maybe not the soundest move on our part, but yeah. P.S. Love the podcast. Listen to it every week. I'd be in bits. <laughs> oh my god. <gasps> oh. You see, that is not what you need. That is not what you need where you're trying to chill out and have good vibes, man. You know, for a smoke, it's coming across some dead bitch, you know? And I say that with the greatest respect. May her spirit soar. And the fact that you continued to fog on, fog out her burn while this bitch was lying like three meters stone cold rigor mortis set in. Rigor mortis, really? And you guys, I'm surprised you didn't fucking scrape her up and use her as a fucking bong my god that's bad that is bad (laughs) but look you're like you said you were only 15 you know what are you supposed to do in that situation i don't know what i'd do if i came across a dead bitch when i was when i'm smoking you know it's definitely a fear since hearing that story about coming across anyone dead i did see a dead body before however first of all i've seen i was working somewhere i won't disclose any information for work experience in four in fourth year transition year and i was shown tapes of multiple autopsies real autopsies okay um but i remember being on the train a couple of years back um and the train had like stopped because there was a dead body not on the tracks but like on the marsh nearby just like laying face down in the in the mud and that was my guess like my first time seeing a dead body in person um didn't really know how to feel now before we go on to the next story let us pay some bills and take a quick break don't go anywhere hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, this story comes in from our Instagram and goes as follows. Went to a festival a couple of years ago and me, an inexperienced smoker, decided it'd be a great idea to smoke a whole joint in about one minute flat. I went completely green and collapsed on the ground, telling my friend I thought I was dying. With my whole world crashing around me, because obviously I can't handle a bit of green, I decided it'd be best to meet up with my boyfriend of the time, because I thought he could save me from what I thought was a near-death experience. When I met him, he he looked disorientated and spaced out. I came to find he'd accidentally drank a drink that had E in it, ecstasy, in it he was freaking out this made me more paranoid thinking me and him were going to die from drug overdoses so i had to spend the rest of the day trying to bring him back to a state of peace while i recovered from being a pussy who can't smoke both lived to tell the tale unfortunately very embarrassing experience that showcased to (laughs) everyone how neither of us could hack the softest of drugs Okay, well, she actually put the full stop back a bit. So was Boat Live to tell the tale, unfortunately. <laughs> I feel that, I feel that. Because you do not want to be the person that, you know, is that person in the group that everyone's like, oh, they can't handle this. Because when you pull a whitey in front of your stoner friends, you lose all your street cred. You lose all your stoner credit, Okay. You know, they're thinking that this is just some pussy who can keep up. You know what they say is don't fog on with the boys at night if you can't wake up with the men in the morning. Um, So you don't want to be the pussy of the group. You just never want it to be you. But you know what? It happens. There's nothing more vicious than a whitey. And throwing that in with public humiliation. It's just there's nothing worse. But the beautiful part of that story, I guess, is that you and your boyfriend both thought you were going to die together. Okay? That's nice. That whole experience sounded like a Lana Del Rey song to me. You know, you're going to go out. You're both going to die of a drug overdose together. I like that. Okay? That's the way I would like to go. Or at least my next high to be. So I have another story that comes in from the Mind Poppers Instagram. So we were 19. Long story cut short. It was the husband's then boyfriend's birthday. We were going to a friend's for smokes. The friends were a couple going through a real rough patch. We didn't know. He was off his trolley when I arrived. As the boyfriend was arriving later. As he was working late. So I arrived by myself. Pretty much, I realised I'd walked into a chaotic situation but couldn't escape. Literally. He held me and his girlfriend captive, lined up all the knives and scissors. How many scissors does, does this couple have? But lined up all the knives and scissors, locked doors and windows. The husband had lost the ability to answer the phone. Forty missed calls later, he rocks up with the Chinese The friend lets him in, but my husband quickly realises that something's up. Maybe because I was 50 shades of white. So the guy friend starts screaming at at his girlfriend. 
slaps her across the face. My husband knocked ten bells out of him. Then we got him stoned, thinking he will widey and pass out asleep. Okay, <laughs> interesting. I've never tried to use marijuana as a tactic to make somebody widey. Um, we will deal with whatever the fuck there was the next day. So we went to bed. We heard them fucking. Um, thought this relationship is fucked. The relationship most certainly is fucked. I must say, bitches be tripping, okay? Bitches be truly be tripping when you are now having sex with the guy who held you and your friend, the writer of the story, held you at scissor point. <laughs> Lined up all the knives and scissors like out in front of you and locked all the windows and doors yet you still go and fuck this dude that is crazy to me okay that i have to chalk that down to some stockholm syndrome shit if you're having sex with anyone who's fucking laying out the knives and the scissors in front of you like hannibal lecter i have to assume that you were suffering from some sort of stockholm syndrome Then he walks in with, may I add, the biggest dick ever. Yes, you may. (laughs) You certainly may. (laughs) May I add, the biggest dick ever, hanging like a child's arm holding an apple. Oh, I hate when people compare a penis of substance to a child's arm. Like, it's not the the visual that I would like to uh, associate with a penis with being a cute little baby's fat arm. Um, But, however, he was going crazy over keys. So, me, my boyfriend, and this guy's girlfriend drove to my boyfriend's parents' house. This was at 3am. So, there's us three stoned off our trolley. Me in the middle of my boyfriend and the other girl, him ringing us flat out saying he's rang the police as we kidnapped his girlfriend. So we obviously just smoked more grass and hid from the police. The girlfriend was 22. Honestly, fucking madness. That sounds like fucking madness to me. I'd be interested in finding out if that couple stayed together, how they're doing now. You know, comparatively, how that guy is doing, the knife and the scissor guy. I'd like to know how he's doing right now. Again, I don't want to chalk his actions, his behaviours down to weed. Okay, let's make that clear. Because this man is clearly spooky. You know, this man clearly has been spooky for quite some time. And it's not the kind of, you know, spooky where, like, if you're the older sibling. Sure, a lot of you could relate to, like, chasing your younger sibling around the house with like a knife like the butcher knife like I always used to chase my little sister around with a butcher knife hmm have I always been spooky (laughs) okay (laughs) wait no no that's a thing that's definitely a thing if you're the older sibling let me know if you ever chase like a younger sibling or a younger cousin around with a knife. Messing. No intention of stabbing them. But I don't know. They're just so... It's def- I can't explain it. But it's definitely something that we did. If you're the older sibling, you were with, you were chasing someone with a knife. Okay? That is, that is something that happens. Okay? That is. I'm not the only one. I know that for sure. But yeah, this dude was just... 
a much different kind of spooky, for sure. But reading all the messages you guys sent in about your stoner stories, like, a lot of you have had some bad trips, like, there's stories about passing out in the cinema, pissing yourself, going into a chipper stone, everyone laughing at you, a lot of stories of passing out bad hookups, um, this couple in Amsterdam getting locked out of their room virtually naked and having to go down to reception to get an extra key. A lot of you have had some bad trips, but again, we can also be the most beautiful thing in the world, okay? It truly can. So don't let any of these stories put you off. It's just obviously the funnier stories tend to lie in where someone gets a little fucked up, you know? Um, but I cannot end this podcast, which has just been the most random mixture of we talk, without mentioning... Um, Amsterdam. Amsterdam is one of my favourite places on earth. It is just a place where it's like you don't have to feel paranoid when you're you know you're out and about because you know that a lot of people on these streets are going to be stoned anyway. Like going into a shop in Amsterdam buying a few bits while you're stoned it's perfectly fine. But, like, when you go into, like, spar here and you're stoned and you realise that, okay, the vast majority of people around you are not stoned, then there's an issue. Like, there's nothing worse going into a shop. It always happens to me. Going into a shop stoned to pick up some munchies or whatever and you get caught talking to someone that you know. Like, I remember going back to the shop that I used to work in. And, of course, I'm always, you know, like, I, I loved everyone I worked with. So, of course, I'm always going to run into somebody that I know. I'm always going to run into a bitch that's going to want to talk. Um, and when you're stoned, you didn't, and you don't, you don't necessarily want to be in these public situations where you're put on the spot and have to speak. And of course you don't want the other person to, to know that you're stoned, you know, for whatever reason, like stoner shame. And I just remember like the last time I went into the shop, like fully stoned and the, the lady that I used to work with, Darina, she's so cool. And she was like, oh, Adam. She's like, how are you? How are you getting on? And I was just like, <laughs> fine, fine. And she's like, huh? And I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> she like, just couldn't say anything. And she's like, huh? And I was like, I'm stoned, okay? I'm fucking stoned. I'm fucking soup. I'm totally greening out right now, Arena Man. I'm fucking stoned. And she's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and you know, I said, like, it just is not fine. <laughs> it was not a pleasant situation for anybody and I realised that I made a total and complete idiot out of myself as you tend to do in these situations but Amsterdam is just incredible it truly is the city that always sleeps it's just going there with friends and getting stoned wherever you want it is incredible I remember we were staying in these like it was like it was a hostel hostel apartments and I remember freaking out one night in my room because I kept seeing flashes and these big huge fucking bangs and crashes and to be honest at the time I did not have a great awareness of like the geopolitical standing of Amsterdam I did not know if it was like you know, if it had pissed off ISIS or something or, you know, or whoever, whomever, the Russians. But I thought, I truly thought that we were getting fucking bombarded. Like we were like, it was 
like the fucking London Blitz or something. Like I thought that the play we were about to get bombed the shit out of, okay? Because ISIS was still at its prime and they were still making threats against a lot of Europe, alright? So I was like, of course, knowing my luck, okay, I'm in Amsterdam, bang smack at the point where ISIS, of all people, decide to rock on. Um so I'm in my bed, like, in the blankets, room practically shaking, being like, oh my god, fucking ISIS. But I was like, just stay calm, collected. But, you know, I was like, either a bomb is going to come flying through that fucking window and blow me, like, into smithereens, okay? Or I was waiting for fucking Jihadi Joe to blow in the door of my hostel apartment. Um, and, again, have his way with me or murder me. I don't know. I don't know what ISIS is you know, what their prerogative is. But I knew that it was not going to be good for me. Um, but as it turns out, the apartment next door, some stoners were just let, letting off fireworks. But it wasn't like fireworks as in like, oh, look up. This was like, oh, watch out. Okay, like these stoners were, this was not a controlled fireworks environment there was they were like literally just letting off fucking fireworks that were flying left right up down all right like they were like hitting the roof they were hitting the window okay um so i mean yes when i eventually went outside and realized that it was not um an extremist invasion it was actually just some stoners very dangerously letting off fireworks then i was able to enjoy it then i was able to really take it in and it was quite beautiful but again, it just goes to show we can put you through a lot of different emotions, a lot of different emotions and circumstances that you never thought you'd be in. I truly thought that I was going to be, you know, like, oh, three or what was it? Like, how many of us were there? Six Irish people dead in fucking terrorist attack. Of course, I thought it was going to be my fucking apartment that they fucking flown one of their extremist planes through, which... You know, like I said, thankfully did not happen. And once again, I'm here to tell the tale. Uh, you know, one of the interesting dynamics of Amsterdam is when you're going in a group like we did. You know, we went over the last time, you know, the lads and then two of the girls came along with us as well. So the interesting dynamic about going to Amsterdam is that you're going to have a mix within your own friend group of those who are the most, the more seasoned stoners like myself and then people who really never smoke weed at all, which was the two girls. I remember we were out, I think it was maybe on our second last night, and the two of them had bought brownies. Now, I'd also bought a brownie. We'd all bought brownies. But the two girls were had wolfed their brownies, okay? Alice, at her brownie, like that girl, hadn't eaten in days. And that is not the case. Because Alice, okay, you know, non-stoner, but who was smoking over in Amsterdam, would wake up every morning very early compared to the rest of us and she'd be like I'm just going for a walk there then he would come with me and then he went up for a walk I'll just go myself and we were all like oh wow look at Alice you know like smoking weed by night and like little fucking fitness you know Sanyo Sullivan by day out booting the streets of Amsterdam and she'd come home with like two donuts from Dunkin Donuts and a coffee and cakes and stuff you know, so she, there was nothing of the sort, as in this girl had been well fed this trip, um, to the point where she, she was, I would say, 60% donut, 
Okay, and Alice, if you're listening to, I know you do listen to this podcast, you do. I'm sorry for bringing your name up, but you were well fed at that holiday. Okay, it was not like you were starving, and you know you you know you weren't. Okay, you know you were not. You were far from starving. There wasn't a point on that trip, Alice, and I'm speaking directly to you now. There wasn't a point on that trip where I didn't look over and see you stuffing something into your pie hole. And I don't say that with any ill intent. I'm just saying, you know, as a matter of fact, you know, as a matter of fact, you were on some, you were on some shit that weekend. You didn't stop eating. Okay. So this girl had wolfed her brownie. Um, and then her friend Kate had also wolfed her brownie. Um, and then they continued drinking on in this bar or whatever. And in my head, I was like, right. I was like, these two honkies are after downing their brownies and drinking away, not knowing that, you know, when you're taking edibles like these brownies, it's not like smoking, we're smoking, it's instant, the high is instant. These brownies, you know, kick in, could kick in like two hours after you consume them. So I, so we were there about for another hour and everything was fine, you know, we're having a great time drinking, laughing, whatever. But I knew that the time was coming where these girls were going to peak and they were going to be high and they were, they were not equipped at all. These were not seasoned sonars. I knew these girls were not equipped to handle it. So I'm like, right, I'm actually going to head home early, to be honest. Um, and like, just have a smoke at the apartment and, and just chill out. Because I knew that these girls were going to be fucked up. And to be honest, called me a bad friend, but I did not want to be there. They had other friends there to take care of them. It just was not going to be me. To be me. It was not going to be I. Who was helping them. Who's carrying them home. Okay. At all. At all. Not even going to try it. Um, Because I'm on holidays too. I don't need to be lugging these two sacks of shit back to the apartment. Because they can't handle their brownies. Um, So I was like. I excused myself from the table. And I was like. Look I'm going to head back to the apartment. So one of the girls. Kate decides to come with me. We're walking home. I can tell she's starting to feel a high. Because she is craving chips out of this fucking cone. And we got it. And the cone that she got, okay, I must say, it was like a traffic cone. It was a traffic cone of chips and she devoured, okay? She truly devoured. Um, it was fine. Got her back into bed. Um, and I could tell that she was kind of like, you know, feeling some type of way because she was like in bed or whatever. And she was like, um, Adam, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go into bed there and lie down for a second. I'm not feeling great. The bitch was laid. She was laid out on the bed already. I was like, hey, where do you think you are? You're, you're there, you're, you're flat, you're horizontal. So I knew that she was gone. A couple of hours later, the rest of them walk in and there's Alice. And I knew it, that Alice was going to be out of her head because I knew that she was not capable of, you know, managing the high. She did not know what she was, the roller coaster that she was in for. So then she, this Muppet comes in as well with the rest of the lads. Lights out anyway, we're all relaxed, going to sleep. And all you can hear from Alice is, who are you? Who are you? And all right, I'm like, fuck it, lights on, what? What's wrong with you? And she's like, I don't know, I just have this feeling that you people are not the people that I came here with. And I was like, what? What What are you on about? She's like, I have a feeling that you guys are not the people that I came here with. So Alice was freaking out, thinking that she was in some sort of like invasion of the body snatchers, freaky Friday type situation. Kate, 
every couple of minutes was announcing that she was going to bed. The bitch had been laid on the bed for hours. So I don't know. I, it just made no sense. The two of them just freaking out. You know, lights off. We're all going to bed. Um, previously, we had gone to a sex shop earlier on that day. And you could get like these goodie bags, which is like random bags for I think it was like a fiver or maybe a tenner. So I bought one of them and inside there was loads of like little things. <clears throat> I can't even remember what was in them now. But one of them was like this little vibrator, almost like the size of like a, a battery, like a double A Duracell battery. And I don't think you like were supposed to put this vibrator into you because it was so small. But it, oh my God, I tell you, it has some whack. It has some whack off it. Really did, must say. Now, it was a great little thing. But I don't think you were supposed to put it inside of you. I think you were supposed to use it to, like, stimulate your body. You know, from the uh, from the exterior. Um, And uh, look, uh, hands uh, hands up. I tried it out, of course. Why not? Like, went in Rome. And there we were. Um, You know, it's like sex work capital of Europe. Of course, I'm going to, you know. Um, So I have this tiny little vibrator. And I thought it was quite enough or whatever, do you know? And I tell you, like I said, it has some whack. So I was just giving myself a little once over, you know? I wasn't like masturbating in a room full of my friends at all, no. But there was no harm in like, you know, having a little bit of, you know, going throughout the night or whatever. I thought it was dead quiet, like it was only a tiny thing. So there I was in bed and I was just lying down. I just, you know, had whatever. So underneath my sheets, you know, it was, it was grand. It was just, all you could hear was like... Then you have Kate being like, oh, I'm freaking out. Oh, I'm freaking out. Now she's like, I can hear like this buzzing in my ears and I don't know what it is. I really don't know what it is. I just want all of this to stop. Of course, that was my vibrator, but... <laughs> But she did not need to know that. <laughs> I was happy to let her take the L for that one. <laughs> but Amsterdam is just incredible. It is a stoner's paradise, at least for Europe. Because um, even like it was just incredible. Like it was really just like about like testing the odds really. And going out on the bikes the next day. All of us stone going out cycling these bikes. Because Amsterdam, as you know, if you've been there, it's everyone's on a bicycle. It is such a large cyclist per capita kind of whatever and they have a great cycling infrastructure so there's all of us like stoned on the bikes like out in the middle of fucking traffic I just had a fucking head like a head like ET up on my shoulders I was just out of it but still cycling down you know it's still cycling away all of us in a group felt like we were on touchable felt like honestly like we were in some sort of fucking biker gang or whatever but there was times from that cycle for sure where i was zoning out you know taking in all the sights it is a fucking small wonder that bike actually just stayed and rolled and went forward um and that wasn't i wasn't plowed down by a car or anything like that because i was just in that moment not with the world of the living um and i must say it was just incredible i suppose i better finish this episode on some sort of mind popper <clears throat> between all the mindless stoner talk um but guess guess get this right so obviously marijuana is not legal in ireland so what the kids are doing nowadays okay is like breaking apart their vapes and they're smoking this stuff called what's the spice spice which is this liquid you know the way you can smoke marijuana like as a liquid form as in vape and vape it 
well, they're using, I guess, like this artificial marijuana, so it's not natural, it's not coming from the plants or whatever, but it's, like, I guess, laboratory-made, this, like, liquid called spice, and they're, like, putting it into their vapes, you know, instead of their vape juice, and they're all fucking, all these kids, the kids in school, they're all getting high on spice. I'm not even sure what spice is. Let me do a quick Google to, if I can give you an exact answer. But yeah, there is this new thing in Ireland. I mean, it was new for me. I never heard of it before called spice. All these kids are getting fucking high on spice. Okay, so I found this like, post in teens.drugabuse.gov, which said spikes, spice is a mix of herbs, so shredded plant material, and laboratory-made chemicals with mind-altering effects. It is sometimes misleadingly called synthetic marijuana or fake weed, because some of the chemicals in it are similar to the ones in marijuana, but its effects are sometimes very different from marijuana, and often much stronger. Usually the chemicals are sprayed onto the plant materials to make them look like marijuana, um spice is often not labeled or spice is often labeled not for human consumption and disguises incense and can also be bought as a liquid for e-cigarettes and i have an in with the kids <laughs> not in a creepy way um i just know some children <laughs> and they're all smoking spice okay what a world. What a world. I wish they had spice when I was that age. I wish they had fucking e-cigarettes when I was that age. We did not have... I don't think we had e-cigs back then. Vaping was not cool as it is now. Vaping was not cool back then. Would I, you know, when I was like 16, 15, whatever, and being able to have a vape in school and be able to get high on spice? For sure. For sure. Now I wouldn't touch spice because I'm like, I don't need it. I can afford the real stuff. Um, and I don't need to be putting fucking spice into my body. <laughs> but yes, apparently, according to this article, there is a spice epidemic going around the nation. <laughs> but I mean, look, if the kids aren't getting high on spice, they're getting high on cat piss or mushrooms or, um, you remember what people used to do? They used to half glue or in the Gwail talks, we used to lock each other into this like wooden cabinet, small wooden cabinet, one of us would get locked inside and there'd be like small little holes in it and the rest of us would spray in um, deodorant in to fill up the chamber, it was like kind of like a gas chamber with the intention of getting the person who gets locked inside high. In retrospect, no probably not a good idea at all but again everybody lived to tell the tale <laughs> um how far are we in 52 minutes yeah i guess we can kind of finish up here i know i'm sorry this episode was a bit all over the place but i just had a lot going on this week behind the scenes and i didn't really get to plan out a full proper episode for you guys we'll be back next week with normal scheduling in the meantime you know what to do stay woke planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.